Hello and welcome to Real Talk for Mums. Two personal trainers coming together through birth trauma to bring laughs, tears and a lot of real talk around the health and well-being of mums. Unedited, raw and unapologetically ourselves, Mags and myself, Lara, aim to empower mums with the knowledge and support they deserve to live their best lives. Come join us for a new episode every week. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk for Mums. Lara here and Mags. Hello, Mags. Hello. <laughs> oh, today we're covering a topic that's um, part of both of our stories and our background, mental health. Um, Mags is going to fill us in on her story and then I might dive in depending on how, how, we, how the conversation's going. So... Mags, you you were talking to me uh, a second ago about saying, I'm not sure how much I'm going to fill in or tell on the episode. And then you just decided just now I'm going to go all in. I'm going to be honest, open, genuine as as you always are. Um, (laughs) So where do you want to start? I suppose for me, mental health has always been part of my life, but I never knew it was part of my life because I didn't know what it was. and um I'm here sweating now (laughs) um and you know as a young child I felt lost and I didn't know why I was having these feelings or um why what was this was it's not normal I didn't really know what was going on and I suppose um you know when I look back my parents weren't educated educated to know what was right or what was wrong and I, I don't know to be honest what triggered my mental health from a young age um I was always um an active girl and I did um cross country running as a young one um but I had really bad buck teeth and um when I was good at running and you know it's a thing that I want to uh, say to people as well as I be mindful of what our kids do at school um I was bullied massively because I was a good runner I was bullied because I was a rabbit I was bugs bunny the only way I was winning those races is because I had big teeth you know mm. and um at a young age that's really hard to hear um and um I didn't have that support network to help me get over it it was like oh forget about them you know and brush it under the carpet and and stuff like that and I don't know if it went from there but everything I kind of did then I always was insecure of myself um and then when I got braces I was called the train trap girl and you know everything was more nastier and then when um I didn't did a bit of rowing and there was a bit of drama and that as well and it was just um and I don't know like I used to say why me why pick on me you know what I mean and um back then um you know you kind of you you, uh, well for me how I handled was I just went a bit off the rails I was always in trouble at school I was always acting the maggot as we'd say um and as well I had a learning difficulty that was never rectified so um I was kind of the stupid girl in the class so instead of like me having to read out loud like you had to do back then I drop my pen or I do something silly because I didn't want for me to the limelight to be on me and I felt embarrassed and I suppose <clears throat> I acted out quite a lot at a young age in in school and stuff because I that was my coping strategy of like if I can act the maggot everyone will laugh at me and people will like me and I remember a bunch of girls at school and they were on about this other girl in my class and I'll always remember it and they said to me oh tell her she's got bad breath 
And of course, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get in with the cool girls. I'll say it. And I said it to the girl. And then, of course, I was the one that was the bad person. And I suppose it went from there. I kind of always wanted to get myself involved with people. Um, and my mental health was going crazy. I was like, I remember um, wanting to vomit every time I'd have to do something. But again, obviously, I didn't know that that was anxiety. Um, when I went to secondary school, um, it got worse because I gave up a lot of the sports I used to do because of being picked on. And I felt I was never good enough. So I'd always be down on myself. I used to play Gaelic. But then in Gaelic, um, when I used to play it, there was a lot of crap happening as well. And um, I used to get into fights and stuff just because I don't, I, don't, I don't know why. I like When I look back, I'm like, I don't know why I used to act the way I did. And I just pulled myself away from it. So I put on a bit of weight and then I was called fatty. And, you know, that was really hard to hear as well. And when I look back at pictures, I'm like, oh my God, I was not fat at all. But, you know, it was really hard as a young one to hear. Um, and then as you go along in school, um, you know, this learning difficulty wasn't even rectified of, or, or not rectified, but um, acknowledged of what I had. And it was like, oh, just shut up and be in the back of the room, basically. And you always felt like the stupid kid. Then when I did my exams, I felt like rebelling rather than studying because I found the studying really, really hard. I could not study. And I remember I used to try so hard and I used to record my voice reading in a book. Back then it was the tape recorder and then play it back to myself. And I found I was learning that way. But again, I had no help, no support to guide me of this is the way to do it. Um, when I went on to do my leaving cert again, um, you know, out drinking because I was at the age and I used to get so drunk, like absolutely pissed off my head um, because it was my coping strategy and act the maggot and whatever. And then I suppose my depression got really, really bad. And um, I tried to take my life a couple of times and um, I was called an attention seeker. I was looking for help and I was just a lost girl. I didn't know what was going on. Um, and I felt, um, you know, I was never good enough for anyone, like even by friends, even though I had no interest, but I was, I, I kissed the, any boy just to be like, oh, she's kissed someone because I felt that I was never good enough for anyone. Um, and then I moved on to college. Um, and again, I just wanted to kind of be, get a fresh start, but you know yourself when you're not, when your mind isn't fixed, you're never going to fix you, you know? And again, it started to repeat again. And I did this college course and I, um, Again, I, my learning wasn't there. So I was like, okay, right, okay, try to commit suicide again. Um, and then um, I, I was put in with a counsellor with my mom. And obviously she didn't really know much about a counsellor back then either. And it was like, you know, you were scared to speak because you were kind of like, and, you know, it's like, oh, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You have everything. Why would you be acting this way? And, and I used to, I, I don't know why I'm acting this way. I don't know why I'm behaving the way I'm behaving. I had no idea of it was mental health and this is um, what your mom said to you uh, yeah and I suppose that generation and that era was like you know there's nothing wrong with you um you know they um because I, they didn't really know what was going on you know what I mean and back then no one spoke about their mental health and and I suppose in people's eyes I was crying out for help or I was tension seeking but I was crying out I didn't want to be in the world you know I, mm. I really wanted to be gone and like some of the stuff I did, um, you know, it was like a, we used to bunk beds and I tied laces around my neck one night, you know, hoping to God that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. And, you know, we lived in a farm and I used to go up after a night up, pissed off my head and get rope. And, you know, like I know this is probably going to trigger a lot of people, but this is the way I was. I was just really bad and I overdosed with tablets. And um, when I went to 
college, I overdosed on a bottle of vodka and medication. I was rushed into um, hospital. And I suppose that's when kind of the help kind of came of, all right, okay, this isn't right, you know. And But again, it was like <clears throat> I was attention seeking, but I used, to, I used to cry and cry and cry. And I couldn't understand why I was the way I was. Um, and, um, you know, I just... Um, like it was just anything would trigger me. I never wanted to be the tenter, center of attention, but I'd always go out and get drunk. And I think that's why I hate drink so much because it was never a good thing for me. The come mm-hmm. down the next day was really hard because I was like, what did I do? What was I doing? Like, you know, and um, all that kind of stuff of how I behaved. Yeah, and, the um, fear because, yeah. Because I didn't know what I'd done that night. And then I ended up um, getting with this guy and we were together a long time, but I was never happy in the relationship. And, you know, I never knew why I wasn't happy. And I um, I suppose I felt never good enough. And it just, um, the relationship was, we were fighting and arguing the whole seven years we were together, but it was just, um, I don't know. It was just like, he kind of saved me, I suppose, kind of thing. And then I was with him and then I felt it was everything his way or no way kind of thing. And he used to say it to me often, you'll be no- nowhere without me. And, you know, anytime, like I'd say, I can't be with you anymore because I found it really toxic. He'd be like, well, you'd be nowhere without me. And that was drilled into my head. You'd be nowhere without me, you'd be nowhere without me. And I felt that way. I felt I was no one without this person and I needed this person in my life. Um, and um, yeah, like I tried you know overdosing again and then I was like what is going on and eventually um I got help but it wasn't amazing help if you get what I mean it was um it was just this lady that was talking to me and she goes we all have these thoughts and you know um we just not have to learn how to um not a psychologist just the counselor um mm. and we just have to deal with it. and we have to grieve these people if they're not nice to you you have to grieve them and I was like well when they ring me how can I grieve them you know and I said I don't understand how to deal with that um, how to cope that way um, and in a way um, when we moved to Australia I broke up with my boyfriend I moved and it was the hardest thing I ever done because um, it was a really nasty breakup it wasn't nice and I went through a lot of crap with it and um, then I moved to Australia and obviously my husband now came with me we were just newly together and um, he was really there for me as a real good um, support and um He's really chilled and relaxed and stuff. And I could be raving on about a hundred things and he'd still be like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. But then as we moved, we went through a lot of crap together. You know, my mental health started coming out again and he just kept saying, you need to get professional help. Um, When you talk about your mental health, what do you mean when you say that? Like, how are you feeling? um, Like, how did I feel say back then? Is it of what, um, or recent? What, what... It sounds like it's been recent still. Like you said that when your husband talks to you and your mental health comes up, what does that? What do you mean? So when we first moved to Australia, he couldn't understand the person I was of how much anxiety I'd build up over things and oh, and God. silly things like you know, um, like walking through a supermarket was a lot because I'd be scared in case I'd see people or you know that kind of stuff because. I kind of, I, I found for me growing up, I always attracted people that would make little of me. And like I worked for people and my boss in Ireland was just a complete cow. You know, she was really mean, really nasty. I'd asked for some time off and she'd be like, nah, sorry, someone else is getting that time off. And I felt I was, and I think, and now when I look back and when you're in a bad headspace, there's always bad people around you, you know? Yeah. And, you know, you didn't have the balls to stand up to them and be like, hang on here, no. And then when we moved to Australia, I worked for a person here who was the most nastiest person I ever worked for, but I was trapped because I was in a visa. 
Mm. And um, he was so cruel and so mean. And again, it triggered all my mental health. And I, I went and I seen a really good um, counselor who worked with me. Um, and then um, I suppose it was the turning point then for me of all this stuff that happened when I was young and these type of people that I attract was something that was in me that I was so vulnerable that people could see your vulnerability. And you, I suppose you see that now as an adult, people do thrive on your vulnerability and they, um, if you're weak, they, you know, some people want to kick you when you're down basically. And, um, you know, I got the support, I got the help and um, <clears throat> I went on and, um, um, you know, we uh, got, had a lot of ups and downs and stuff, but we got through it. And then obviously when um, our visa, um, with visa problems and I was like, oh my God, another thing um, that's happening um that um how is this happening to us again and I just felt everything um that I tried to make work was just going against the reins you know what I mean um and again it's down and a downer we moved to New Zealand and um you know I'm always trying to create positives of good things and then I have Sean and I'm in a complete downer again um and my whole world completely shattered and it was really hard I suppose with Sean because it wasn't about me anymore I had um my son to think of as well you know mm. um and um it was like you know there was lots of thoughts and you know any new mom that's out there listening to us like it was really hard you know I'd be looking at the baby going I was fine until you came along you know and I had really I suffered extremely about my mental health I was like if I just disappear no one's going to care you know what I mean it's fine I don't need to be here um what good am I to him anyway you know I'm literally I'm not the mother that I should be and you know there was so oh, much so you were thinking that whilst you had your uh had Sean. Had Sean. oh yes. okay yeah. I was wondering yeah. if you felt differently now that you had a baby and you're like well now someone does need me so how do I get out of my life even though someone still needs me but yeah it was it was oh, it was all that first 12 months of his life I just yeah I, um, it was really hard. Um, I seen a couple of counselors in um, New Zealand and it was just that we just didn't click. Like one was saying, you know, um, it's it's trauma of your upbringing. It's never going to leave you. This is the way it is. Um, again, this whole grieving aspect of grieving people. And it's like that's not working for me. You know, I've tried it. And then I seen another counselor then that was kind of basically, oh, I think your husband's not giving you the love and affection that you need. And I'm like, well, look, my husband's not an affectionate man. It just doesn't like it's not that. And, you know, then that puts more thoughts in your head because you're thinking, is it my husband's that's making me this way? And, you know, it's like, what is going on? And eventually I got help when I went to Melbourne and he he just changed my life. And um, like Who, from was it a psychologist? A psychologist. Yes. And again, I moved to Melbourne, um, got into a job again and again, and a horrible boss that treated me like absolute shit. Um, it was a really toxic environment. I remember Sean was really sick one day and she wouldn't even leave, leave work to go to bring the child to hospital. And I was like, oh my God, here we go again. And I actually was just that complete rock bottom. I was like, Donald, I can't, I can't go on anymore. I need, I need to get something to sort me out. And I remember before I seen the psychologist, I went to a doc because I was medicated from um, my teens. I was going to uh, ask this. if you had um, taken anything. Yeah, so I was medicated. And then when I, um, this medication, I was like, I, I, I was here, but I wasn't here. And like, I've never taken drugs. So I don't know what it feels like, but I was just, in, I was away in my own world. I had no idea of what was happening around me. 
Yeah. And like we were both, myself and my husband were like, you can't go on like this. Like this isn't life, you know? And I was like, well, I don't know what it's doing because it, it was supposed to help you sleep as well because my sleep was really bad. And um, it didn't. Um, and anyway, I decided to go see the psychologist and that was my turning point. He was absolutely amazing for me. Um, we bought like the first couple of sessions were really hard. I cried a lot. Um, and he said to me, if I could get someone to look after Sean, so my husband would work out that he'd be home when I go to see the psychologist. So it was just us and we'd get it together. Um, and we just went over everything, everything of what triggered me, how I felt, um, and um, how I, I would cope with the situation moving forward because, you know, I had all that guilt of the feelings I had with the child. And, you know, I said to him, I love my baby so much. I like, I used to kiss Sean and squeeze him, but in the other part, I used to hate him, you know? Mm. And I was like, I don't know how to change this. And I used to be angry. And he's like, look, this is how you need to do it. And he just said to me, you just have to remember that he's a, you know, at the time he was 13 months old. He's not going to remember any of, the, of what's been happening. It's from now on, you make the memories with him. And um, uh, we just went on a beautiful journey together of him. Uh, no medication involved. He was like, I want that medication gone. I don't want you on medication. Amazing. And um, we're going to go on this roll. And he used to give me like a little, um, like a scenario that like, there's my bubble. And if anyone was trying to come into my bubble and my bubble was my husband and my son um, and me, and anyone else that came into my bubble had to get permission to come into my bubble. They couldn't just come into my bubble and make me feel down or make me feel insecure or make me feel that way. I had to get them out of my bubble. And then he'd do the breeding thing with me when I'd go in somewhere. And if I met someone and I felt anxious about that person, I would um, go through my fingers and basically with the breeding aspect of it um, and just completely um, change my life and change my mindset of things. And, you know, I don't have to impress everyone. Um, you know, I am who I am. Um, and, you know, I need to believe in myself as well. And I think that's what my main thing was. I never believed in myself. And like you, when you met me, you see me. I don't like putting myself out there. Um, I'm scared to put myself out there um, because I I just don't know what's going to attack me or how I handle it. Um, and, you know, like I um a really good friend said to me last year I used to always say oh I'm just stupid you know because I was always labeled as the stupid kid but I'm actually quite intelligent <laughs> and I can I you know sit there and I can say it now but I couldn't say that before and I learn and I know now my brain learns in a different way um and it's quite interesting because my son now is the exact same way as I learn um he's very visual with his work very hands-on practical the reading stuff he, it, he it just goes in here and out here same as me and it's lovely being on a journey with him now and being able to support and guide him. Um, and I that was dyslexia, me, isn't it, that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, I've never been diagnosed. Okay. Um, so you have dyslexia or dysgraphia. So I'm showing all the symptoms for the both of them. So okay. what happens with me is it's all in here and then I can't get it out. And when it comes out, it comes out. As, as you can see, sometimes words like I know a word, but I don't know the meaning of a word when it comes out of my mouth. And then when I go to write stuff down on paper, I squeeze the living daylights out of a pen um, and I have very bad grab grabbing issues. And they're all literally um, the signs of um, dysgraphia. Um, and it's only um, something new. Um, I think dysgraphia <laughs> I might have the word wrong. 
we can have a look at we can um, look it up and then add it into the show notes yeah um and it's just basically everything is in here but putting stuff to paper and that's why I struggle with the whole social media thing I struggle with getting stuff out and um like I have a really good client that edits stuff if I do stuff for me um and it's literally I and my husband always says to me I can't go to the shop and get bread and milk it's that kind of sentence if I have to go to the shop and get blah 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 I can't get it into like a small um paragraph everything has to be because I find I have to overshare every single thing or else I don't get my point across so but then when I'm speaking to someone I'm fine but when I go write it down I have uh, the brain doesn't cooperate with writing stuff down or texting and that's why I don't like texting either that's why the voice messages are good or picking up the phone and ringing they just I can't text message it I, I I find I get and it sounds crazy and if anyone's listening they might find it um the same I find texting gives me anxiety because you can pick up different vibes from text messages and, yeah for sure um, yeah and you definitely. know you might feel you could hurt someone by sending them a text message but you don't mean that at all and sometimes when I write a text message I always say I'm saying this in the kindest way I'm not mm. saying it in this way and and interesting things but a lot of stuff as well you know um I don't I can't be in a lift by myself um I just totally freak out I don't like like even uh, my um sister-in-law did my eyelashes a couple of weeks ago I was panicking because I don't like my um eyelashes um or my eyes being closed it was just a weird feeling mm. um I um I don't like going into a room where the door has to be closed. I totally freak out with stuff. And it's really interesting because, um, you know, I've spoken to someone else that actually was, oh my God, I feel that way too. So it's really interesting how trauma can affect you in different ways. Um, Do you think it's from the trauma of the birth or is there something that's happened all the way back? From I think all the way back then that um, basically it's that fear, um, like as a psychologist said, it's a fear that you're never going to get rid of because it's something that like, uh, and it's really, I get it now and look, someone might totally disagree with me, but say now at our kids ages, their foundation for their brain is starting now. And if something happens now, it's something we're going to remember forever. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, back then, like for me, all that stuff was so traumatic for a young person's brain. I shouldn't have to had to deal with that. But I just didn't have, you know, my parents didn't know how to cope with me. I in their eyes, I suppose I was a completely out of control child that, you know, off the rails. And maybe there could be a bit of ADHD in there. I don't know. You know, how um, old because were you? No one was, um, I was uh, eight, nine years of age. Yeah. Um, and nobody knows because it was never, you know, it was just, she's off the rails. She's, um, acting the maggot as we'd say she, you know, even your school reports, it was all like, oh, she's not paying attention. She's not doing this, you know, um, like even you get spelling tests and I get the same words wrong, but the, the letters have been the same places and no one could pick up because what happens to me is the first letter is perfect. The last letter, but the in between it's a jambles, even your name, I'll spell your name backwards. I'll go L R A A. And mm. like, even though I look at your name and I go to write it down, but I spell it wrong. Mm. Um, and even what my, my own name sometimes, <laughs> um, and it's just, just change them, but, you know, <laughs> um, but no one picked it up. And I suppose why I'm coming on today to say this is because like I, um, for any mom out there that feels this way, you know, um, because I see it a lot of time on a lot of the social media platforms of moms going, oh, like, you know, I suffer from depression and I'm messing up my child's life. You're not, you know, it's how you move forward with your life and it's how we can get help. And I seek help and I'm really happy with the mom I've become. I am a crazy woman when it comes to my kids. And like, you know, if anyone picks on my child, I pull them out immediately. 
if my son is acting the maggot or trying to impress another kid, as I said it to you earlier, I pull him out of that situation and I explain to him, you don't need to behave like that. You respect people. Um, and um, he has, as I said, his learning difficulty. I'm in there with the teachers working out a plan for him. Um, and, you know, even last year I got private tutoring for him because I don't, I never want him to feel the way I felt because it's not nice to feel it. And if anyone's listening and they have a child or they've, you've experienced what I've experienced, don't let it get out of, you know, there's so much resources out there now. And there's, you know, even though there's still a bit of a taboo about mental health, um, we can help um, each other, you know, um, and, you know, show empathy for people. We don't need to put people down to make ourselves look better. And, you know, I find for me and with my business, I want everyone to walk out my door feeling amazing. I don't want anyone to feel like crap walking out my door or made little of, or, you know, if they can't do an exercise, oh, well, she can do that exercise. I never care, I never compete um, because it's, we're our own person. And I think for me, I learned so much on my journey. Um, yeah, it was a real shit childhood <laughs> of my upbringing, but what I'm giving to my kids now, hope to God touch wood, will be an amazing upbringing and we can move forward together, you know? Yeah, that's wonderful. It's hard that you've gone through all of that. And thank you so much for sharing because it's been, um, it might, it must have been hard for you to share a few of those things that have been yeah. going on. Um, but people listening would appreciate you being so honest. And now you actually get to change the lives of your two sons for the better. Um, so well done you. Thank you. What well, um, <laughs> have you been? So you're not on anything now. You, when I haven't been on something? any medication. I was on something uh, when we moved to Melbourne. Um, so Sean would have been 13, 14 months old. And I was on that for two weeks. And that was the last time I had medication. Yeah. Are these antidepressants you're on or is it? Yes. Would you say you were depressed or is it anxiety or is it both? Because I think both. And I think as well, you know, I didn't like who I, I didn't like my body. I didn't like mm. what my body was doing. I did. like I was never happy. And then, you know, like, as I was saying with Steph's podcast last week, my gut was horrible. But like, you know, I was on so much. And, and again, it's education because. When I um, had all those surgeries after Sean, I was on, pumped on so much medication. No one taught me to, you know, how to fuel my body afterwards. What could help me to get my gut healthy? What could help me with my mind? What could help me? And, you know, I suppose for me hitting rock bottom, because I suppose that was the lowest I ever got. You know, you're handing your baby to someone else and that's supposed to be your responsibility. And you feel like, you know, this useless piece of, of a woman because you're yeah. supposed to be looking after this child, but you're giving it to this random stranger. I don't know these people because we couldn't keep booking him into the same childcare because we'd have to keep a place. So it was random childcare that was taking my baby and mm. someone else was looking after my baby, you know? Yeah. Um, did you recognize and- the, when you're talking about postpartum depression, did you recognize it in yourself that you were experiencing that? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just, I was very down on myself. Um, and um I just wasn't I wasn't the person like I was very always negative I was a pure negative Nancy um and no matter what you'd say I try and boost myself up but I suppose for me as well like I try and boost myself up and you know say like my husband was like come on go out and get some fresh air but for me to walk was hard you know what I mean I was either wetting myself or pooing myself um and that was really hard and then you know he'd be like come on let's watch him like he tried so much to bring it together and um but everything was a challenge for me and being in the body and like, I suppose, and I don't want to, anyone to feel um, 
that I'm criticizing or judging someone, but I felt paralyzed, you know, mm -hmm. I was in this body and I wasn't able to do anything with it. And then I'm given a child, you know, and I'm kind of like, I even signed up for running challenges and like a city to surf, I think it is over there. Um, and I don't know what I was thinking. Like I thought I was going to be able to do something like this, you know, but I think my brain was thinking more than what my body could do. You get what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and then not... all that trauma from my childhood came back because I felt useless. I felt yes. I was no good. Um, you know, wh why do I deserve a place here? Because I've never been good. You know what I mean? And um, it just kept coming back that now nah, this is my calling. This is what I'm always going to be. This one that's going to be, you know, like the bottom of the ground you know you're useless you, can, you can't do anything can't even have a child properly do you know what I mean so yeah. there was lots of um stuff built up into it yeah I have read that um it seems to be a link with postpartum depression one being that if you've had depression or mental health issues in the in the past then it can be a high factor to you having postpartum depression um I we actually did a podcast um there's an episode um interviewing uh a psychologist Angie um, if if listeners want to know a bit more about uh, postnatal depression and um, baby blues the difference between that and how to sort of know um, if you need to seek help um, even if you're not sure just just ask don't don't feel like you should just put up with what, those feelings um, I love that you spoke a bit about uh, the gut health um, and you you being more educated now to know. Um, but we still don't know a lot about mental health issues, about the brain, about the gut even. And they're still just bringing out information now. Um, I wanted to share a link in the show notes about um, some more information around gut health and inflammation and how much of a factor that can be for the brain, because we now know that the brain and the gut are connected and vice versa. Um, and I follow this I follow a few people around the gut stuff because I love it. It's like my core passion. And um, I wanted to share this article with people here because um, he was talking about understanding connection between what you eat and how you feel. Um, he discusses in his podcast the the bi-directional relationship between the gut and the brain and how you can influence that connection for better. Um, he explains how stress, shame and trauma contribute to chronic health conditions such as autoimmune diseases, leaky gut and other gastro gastrointestinal issues um, and how gut dysfunction leads to nervous system dysregulation, including anxiety and depression and how to heal that connection between the physical and the mental with good food and other things that he talks about. So I think um, it would be a good one to share with others so that they can have they can do a bit more research themselves and have a little listen to help them because maybe it, it seems like it could be a big factor to do with food as well as obviously what people have gone through in their past like yourself oh 100 percent. but even like I find you know everything with Sean um what like having Rory was such closure for both of us for me and hubby yeah. and like you know it's been an amazing journey and it's just like I don't know I, I can't put words around people ask me you know oh you've got a really good easy baby and I'm like oh, bloody I deserve it have, you know what I mean <laughs> like you know Sean was a really good child too but his mom wasn't in the good headspace you know what I mean and you know I and even with sleepless nights I, I don't talk about it. like you know someone said to me the other day we never hear you complain Mags and I'm like because this is just amazing this is just like I, I 
I still pinch myself sometimes and go, and even I was talking to Steph, Steph did a consult with me earlier. And um, like, she was like, how are you feeling in yourself? And I was like, you know, the difference of me now to when I had, because I, I always compete, compare it with Sean's birth yeah. and Rory's. And I'm like, I pinch myself sometimes. And I was saying to her, um, I put up a picture at the weekend of the difference in my body, like, you know, and I didn't put it up because I've lost weight. I've lost no weight in the scales. I've literally just carried myself in a different way more confidently as you we were saying yesterday and my shoulders aren't rolled in and you know um but people automatically look at it in a different way but I was saying to her in four when Rory's 14 months and I was touching wood I was I hope to God everything's fine but I'm going to put up a picture of me holding Rory and me holding Sean because that's the only picture I have of me holding Sean of him 14 months old and you can see the fear in my eyes of me holding him because number one I wasn't allowed to hold him and I held him for people not to look at me because I was ashamed of the way I looked, you know? Um, and, you know, my husband was like, should you, you be holding? It was my brother's wedding. And I was just like, I just want to do this. I don't want people looking at me. They look at the baby. And I want to do a picture now of Rory um, at 14 months old and show the difference of between the two, you know what I mean? Because um, as well, you hear people that have gone through different stuff at life and they don't want to risk, you know, having another child or stuff like that but it is possible you know um having that mindset fueling the body good and that's all I've been doing I've been on a mission to fuel my body um you know good since I've had Rory, well before I had Rory but then I got Steph on with me after I had Rory because that was my goal I just mm. literally wanted to have this good fuel and it was just um and just ed educating myself like today we went over food labels and I was so um amazed that there was two Carmen products of um I know I'm gone off the subject now but of um cereal bars and one the amount of um adjectives and um extra stuff that I had all this extra sugar but it was rated as a five-star product and it was good for us but it wasn't you know and it's just amazing and she was saying to me like some of these adjectives actually deal with our behavior and um you know some kids that have ADHD it triggers them and um then the sugar content and you know all this kind of stuff and I'm like oh my god I'm learning more and it's just it's been an amazing journey for me of how much I'm learning but I suppose for me to get to that rock bottom and know where I want to be where do I want to go with life and I chose this and I'm so happy that I chose what I did yeah amazing um I don't think we need to cover stuff about me I think this is a good a good topic to I don't want to take anything away from this conversation that we've had because you're you're inspiring um it's it's really good that you've shared this and anyone who's listening um please feel free to ask questions like Mags is really open and honest and which is why she's sharing today um and we'll put links to professionals that you can seek support with um and I'm sure you'd share um all the things that you've um had support with like your what's helped you throughout your time um do you want to end on anything for people I suppose as well like for me um the anxiety is always there but I have the depression covered and uh, not covered I have the man controlled if you get what I mean like um I've covered this when I had Rory like the anxiety building up to his birth was huge it was you know and again a lot of it came from the failure, you know, like, am I going to fail again this time? And, um, you know, like, I suppose for people to acknowledge those feelings as well, they're not going to go away overnight. And there is sometimes like I feel um, 
if uh, my period, I get very hormonal, I'm really down in myself, but I have to, I, I always think of the positives and I kind of come into a different mindset. And mm. like I find as well, but um, the people that are around you, if you feel the people around you, like the bubble, you know, if you pe- yeah. find that these people around you are making you uncomfortable or making you uneasy or you don't feel happy in their space, you don't have to be around them. Um, you know, as a young girl, if I had known that, um, I would have gone away in a different journey do you know what I mean I wouldn't have just um dealt with that stuff or like bosses if you're in a horrible um work employment you know you don't have to stay there the world is huge you know um and we kind of get it into our head that we have to stick in this rock because this is not right but if you feel things aren't right for you um you can spread your wings and you can fly the world is your oyster and it's and I suppose for me to tell people is you control that for all along you felt your feelings you know even now having you in my space has been amazing because you're like no Mags we're doing a podcast no Mags we're doing this and oh my god Mags we're doing this and sometimes I'm like holy shit Lara I can't, <laughs> like, I can't deal with it like and Rain I mean, it in now as well it's like okay I get Mags is processing it you know what I mean and it's it's understanding that and I find as well you will get people that come in by come and it's the true same some people come into your life to say hi some people come in forever, you know, um, and, you know, if you feel that you're in a friendship group now that you're trying to, you know, at the moment with all this, um, like your best, um, uh, Lara Jane, uh, Laura, <laughs> Laura Jane leggings, you know, like keeping up with the Joneses, basically, mm. you don't have to do that because I see it a lot now. There's a lot of women that are um, getting on these forms saying they're struggling with money. And if you were struggling with money, you know, and that's a massive trigger for depression and anxiety. You know, we're in a horrible situation at the moment. Money, like, you know, you go to the shop now and what cost you $200 is costing you $400 now. And, you know, you don't have to keep up appearances just for the sake of the the people you're around. Surround yourself with good people that are going to support you, encourage you and be there for you. Um, and you are going to get hurt, but it's how you pick yourself up from that hurt. I find when I get hurt, I process things. I overdwell on it. And my husband's my kind of like, Max, that's enough now. I don't want to hear about it anymore. But again, sometimes I'm like, babe, I need to process this. I need to figure out what I did wrong to that person for them to treat me that way. And he's like, sometimes, and I need to get it. Sometimes we don't do anything wrong to people. Sometimes we can have someone that's very jealous of us. And um, which I always say is crazy because, you know, you, you think no one's jealous of you. Why would someone be jealous of me? You know what I mean? Or, um but sometimes there could be something that you do that that person doesn't like and it's not that you have to change you if you're happy with who you are you don't have to change who you are um we don't have to keep um entertaining these people if we don't want to entertain them be yourself is my one thing to say to people and please reach out to me I'm really open and honest um you know I shed lots of tears with clients who've opened up to me and I want them to feel that happy safe space um if you anonymously want to message me do whatever um, I don't judge anyone because um, if anyone wants to judge me, they can just listen to my past. You know what I mean? And sometimes what's that saying? Your past is your, your past is the designing of your future. No, what's that saying? I and don't know. Basically what's happened in your past is who's made you in your future. Mm, you know? Yeah. So, um, and that's what people need to think of. Don't hold on to these um, hard, um, strong feelings of hate because hate is the, and that's another thing the psychologist said to me, because I used to be like, I hate myself. And he's like, hate is a very strong word or I hate her. You don't hate anyone. It's too strong to use. Mm. I dislike that person or I dislike this. Don't use hate. And 
it's a word I never use. But even with my son, I'm like, you don't use the word hate. And he's like, okay, mommy. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I find for me, and people probably find it weird, I laugh a lot on uncomfortable situations. I, uh, It's my coping strategy. And it's not that I'm laughing because it's funny. It's that that's how I cope. It's just like, okay, I'll just laugh it off and walk away from the situation. Mm. Um, and if, that, if someone else is that way, someone else might cry. You know, we all have different emotions and how we deal with it. And again, that's figuring out what's your emotion of how you can cope with situations. Yeah. Amazing. So um, I've learned a lot about you already. Um, I just, yeah, I think. I you want to just hang up I think you're even more amazing more. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so be, being yourself, getting the right support and noticing the self-talk and sort of getting your head around moving forward from what you're telling yourself um, is what I'm gaining from your and I suppose as well, you know, people um, just because of the job I'm in, you know, like think about like because we see a lot of vulnerable people in our job. You know, that's just the parts of it. And we are in a society where everyone looks at their body and they, they dislike their body. Think about what you're fueling your body with and think what you want to bring out of your body, because that could have a lot of impact as well. You know, so if you've got good fuel in there and you're happy with how you're progressing along, um. But if you're not happy, you need to change that. And there's no point in saying next week, next week, next week, because next week will come and go. Yeah. Um, set it ground, set it like, you know, I'm very black and white um, and you have to go all or nothing and just do it. You know, there's no point in thinking about it because keep going on and on and on. And every time you prolong that, if you have young children watching you, they're watching what mommy's doing. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you for ending on that. Uh, Thank you for having yeah. me. <laughs> Oh, thank you for on my podcast yeah. uh, on your own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thanks for listening. We're going to um, add in links that we've discussed throughout the um, episode. And as always, we're here. Please do share us with anyone who needs to hear this episode. Uh, write us a review. And we also have an email address, realtalkformums at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Thank Bye. you for listening. Bye.